Travel Squad podcast. We're four friends that grew up together in the same small town. We followed each other to San Diego, and now we adventure the world together. One passport stamp at a time. We're here to share our travel stories and inspire you to go on your own adventures. Even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. Kim. And I'm Dana. And And we're we're the Travel Squad podcast. So grab your ticket, your passport, and don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Travelers. Travelers, welcome to episode eight of the Travel Squad podcast. This is our American Southwest road trip. Today, we're taking you on our three day road trip we took through the American Southwest in one of these past Decembers. We only took one day off of work. We traversed from San Diego to the Grand Canyon, we made our way to Antelope Canyon then looked out at Horseshoe Bend and ended our adventure at Valley of the Fire State Park, a little north of Las Vegas, before driving all the way back to San Diego. All right, guys, let's get into it with day one, our trip to the Grand Canyon on Friday night after work. Does anyone remember that road trip? Yeah, we left early from work, which early for us is 4 p.m. Hit the road, grab a Costco pizza, and uh, Jamal drove us there. Perfect time to hit traffic just as well. Yeah. <laughs> pizza sounds really good right about now. I love <laughs> I me some Costco that. pizza, that's for sure. <laughs> so we drove a Friday after work. I think we all took maybe like an hour or two off to actually be on the road by four o'clock because when Brittany had Google mapped it, it projected to take about eight, eight hours, hours to get there. No big deal. And one thing to take into consideration for ourselves just as well, and anyone attempting to make this road trip if you live here in California, is that Arizona is one hour ahead of us. So when we traverse the state line, we already lose an hour. So we got to it and there was a lot of crazy shenanigans that went on on that drive that night. Does anyone remember it? Absolutely. So I feel like we took the absolute sketchiest way ever to get to the Grand Canyon from San Diego. Because we like a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) I think it just said it was the quickest way to get there. (laughs) Well, why was it sketchy? The last thing I remember before we got onto that really sketchy road, we stopped at a Denny's. I think to get coffee, maybe to use the bathroom. Combination of both. Well, because Jamal didn't want to stop on the side of the road to let us pee because it was so crazy to even stop on the side of the road. Well, that wasn't at that point yet because the Denny's that Kim is talking about was actually like at the California-Arizona state line. So up until that point, we were on an interstate highway, which was actually fine. But we were getting into Arizona and... We saw from the Google map directions that we were going to be getting on like Arizona like highways. And obviously we've never driven on them before. So we didn't know what we were going to look like, what we were going to come across. So we're like, all right, we got to pee. It's late at night. I need some coffee. So we stopped at that Denny's. And then after that, that's when we got into the lack of civilization and sketchy highways. But I remember coming out after getting the coffee. And what did you do, Kim, when we got back to the parking lot? I jumped in the car. (laughs) Which car? (laughs) Not our car. I I almost stole a car, basically. (laughs) I, I got out of the 
Denny's and went straight to the car, opened up the door, and then I was like, oh my God, not the right car. <laughs> yeah, really so next to moment. next to our car was the identical car that Brittany and I have that we were using for the road trip, but it wasn't our car, but it was parked right next to us. So Kim attempted to get into that, like open the door, and then we realized like, Kim, the wrong car. And she almost had like a little like panic attack like oh my god i'm getting into somebody's car it's so funny because you two did the same thing on one of our more recent trips i don't remember where we was it bryce yeah it was yes, bryce. It was bryce you two almost got in the wrong car me yeah yes. but in our defense we had a rental car that time so it's a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> likely to be confused for that matter we didn't have a rental car on this one but yes we did do that I don't know if we're just spoiled in California, but California will tell you like how far away you are from the next gas station, when the nearest rest stop will be. And there's a lot of signs on the roads to let you kind of know what to expect in the upcoming miles. When we were on this road trip, there was nothing. We were in the middle of nowhere on a deserted freeway, barely any other cars coming across us. And I remember Jamal saying, I'm not stopping if you girls need to pee. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wouldn't be safe. Spooky. Yeah, I mean, so at this point, we were off of the interstates and we were on the Arizona highways. And they're just literally one lane roads in each direction and no lights on the roads, completely like pitch black. They're all, you know, windy roads. And I mean, I really can't describe it until like you've actually seen it or been on it. But I had no clue where we were going. We're out in the middle of nowhere. No sign saying this is how far you are to the next town or next gas. And it was just really, really sketchy out there. Yeah. So Kim and I eventually fell asleep in the back seat of the car. Per usual. Exactly. (laughs) Did you snap any good pics of them that time, Brittany? I don't know about that time in particular, but I've got a lot of good pics of Kim and Zena sleeping. Never to be seen by the public. (laughs) (laughs) We'll post them to Insta. (laughs) (laughs) But Kim and I were uh, awoken when all of a sudden Jamal slammed on his brakes in the middle of the road. Yeah. So, I mean... Nearly after eight hours of driving, we're finally, finally getting close to our hotel. We're like five miles away. Less than five miles away from our hotel, which is literally only about three miles away from the Grand Canyon of where we need to be. But it's the middle of the night. Again, we lost an hour getting into Arizona. What was it? Like 2, 3 a.m., maybe even later. 3 a.m. Yeah, 3 a.m. And, you know, when you see photos of the Grand Canyon, I just want to say, you know, it looks like arid desert and all you see is that but i was really shocked because this was my first time there and up at that area there's a lot of forest so we were driving kind of through a forested area at that point getting to our hotel slash lodge and again roads are pitch black it's 3 a.m in the morning and all of a sudden i round a turn here in the little forest road that i'm driving on and I see a huge giant like elk or moose just pop out <laughs> into the middle of the road. And I literally had to slam on my brakes because I was almost about to hit it. I mean, you see signs all the time like cow crossing, horse crossing, deer crossing, you know, on the roads. And I'm just like, I've never seen an animal like that. And here we are seeing those signs. And this was the first time I ever came across one. And I nearly hit that fucking deer (laughs) or elk, excuse me. My God, like it was huge. But I'm glad you didn't. And when you didn't, what did you say? 
Yeah, I was stoked that I didn't hit it because literally a month or maybe two before Brittany and I had finally just finished paying off our car and I would have hated to <laughs> total my car <laughs> like after I finally completed payments on it and took off my collision insurance. <laughs> we completed final payment on it. And you don't want to kill the elk. Well, obviously. I mean, or us. Or that, us. That well, does happen. Did you guys see the elk at all? Or were you guys still asleep? I thought Jamal was kidding. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. You should I mean, it was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see it, but I know that like Jamal looked like he was sweating a little bit because it just... Uh, I literally almost hit it. Yeah, no, no, no. I think that you had great navigation skills. You have a good eye. You were able to uh, see it, you know, and stop in time. But I think like obviously for anyone, it would shake someone up and it shook you up and I didn't see it, but I felt it. So nonetheless, I woke up. Kim and Zaina, about like three miles away from the hotel as we were about to check in because we were right around the corner from that. Mm -hmm. So we stayed at a really, really nice lodge. And I know when we made the reservations, Kim was excited about something in particular from that hotel. What were you excited about, Kim? The indoor pool and spa. And did we get to use it? <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> they were beautiful. It was premium relaxation. Yeah, we had planned the trip to only spend one night in this particular hotel because we were moving to several different locations along a road trip. So we got in at 3 a.m. and we left the hotel by like 9 a.m. the next morning. Yeah. So we really got in, went to sleep, ate breakfast, and then left. Yeah. So we didn't get to use many of the amenities. I mean, it was a really nice little indoor pool. I was actually looking forward to it when I saw it ourselves, but we just got there too late, unfortunately, to use. But the lodge that we stayed at was a really nice rustic cabin style lodge, had tons of taxidermied animals hanging up on the walls, but in a classy kind of way, not in a creepy way. <laughs> so, I mean, it just kind of added to the whole atmosphere of being there. But again, it just really tripped me out because... I really wasn't expecting the top of the canyon to have so much forested area based on like the photos that you see. I don't know if that took any of you ladies aback seeing that or what you guys were expecting when we got there. I was most surprised to see all the snow when <laughs> we arrived because I don't know, for whatever reason in December, I wasn't thinking there'd be snow, but um, snow in the desert. Yeah, who would have thought? But the icicles hanging from the lodge, too. It just looked like a winter wonderland there. And they had it all decorated for Christmas. And it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Here in California, we barely get rain. So to leave, you know, a dry land in December <laughs> and then go to such a cold land, you know, it, it's different. Hey, squaddies, we want to share one of our favorite travel products with you. Liquid IV is a category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being while traveling. One stick fits into 16 ounces of water to give you three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks and hydrates you two times faster than water alone. Their half-ounce hydration multiplier powder packet is the one product you need in every suitcase, carry-on, and day pack. We use it while flying on planes because flights can be so dehydrating. We use it when we feel jet-lagged, when we're out on a hike, and after a long night out that has us feeling worn out. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. Liquid IV also now comes in 12 delicious and refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Our favorites are the lemon lime and tangerine with immune support. It's made with premium ingredients, all non-GMO and gluten, dairy, and soy free. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use Travel Squad Podcast at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order 
when you shop better hydration today using promo code TRAVELSQUADPODCAST at liquidiv.com. Hey, squaddies. Let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We just launched several new international trip itineraries, including Tulum and Japan. This is on top of the itineraries we already have for U.S. trips like the Hawaiian island of Kauai, the U.S. Virgin Islands, as well as national park trip itineraries, including Utah's Mighty Five National Parks and a week at Grand Teton and Yellowstone. These fully built out 20 to 30 page PDF guides are available for instant download on our site right now. Every detail of the trip is laid out for you. So all you have to do is download, book, show up and have fun. The itineraries tell you where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, driving distance between attractions, the things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, their mileage, and the time to allot for each one. And believe it or not, so much more. Be sure to head over to TravelSquadPodcast.com to download your very own comprehensive travel itinerary today. So Saturday was day two, and I told everyone it was going to be our easy day. Just kidding, guys. <laughs> obviously know by now that there are no easy days. I never right? trust Brittany when she says easy day. After sleeping only, what, four hours? Yeah. yeah we only slept four hours. And we woke because we wanted to get to the trailhead early in the day so that it wasn't too hot. And we there was actually a craft fair in our hotel lodge. And so we actually picked up $2 breakfast burritos, which is what we ate before our, our hike. How good were those breakfast burritos? Not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't a fan of them. They did its job. It did its job. That's for sure. I know I didn't have cash on me, so travel dad had to step in and buy my burrito. It's always a pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) So after we had eaten breakfast, we made our way to the trailhead. So we entered into the official boundary of Grand Canyon National Park. But one thing to keep in mind, a lot of national parks, when they have high traffic volume, some of them institute policies where you have to kind of like park at the entrance and they have shuttle buses. So we had to take our shuttle bus to the trailhead and we specifically hiked the South Kaibab Trail. Which is the trail you should do if you're going to be at the Grand Canyon. On the south rim of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Which is the best rim. I think the north rim was actually closed in December. And that's one of the reasons why we decided to do this trail as well. well. Yeah, the north rim is actually like at a higher elevation than the south rim. So definitely it's a lot cooler. So more snow. A lot of the stuff is closed. But for us, at least where we're coming from in Southern California, the south rim is the spot to go to because we would have to go the long way if we wanted to traverse around the canyon to go to the north rim. So it just didn't make sense for us to do that. So we did the south rim and the south Kaibab trail. How big is the Grand Canyon, Jamal? The Grand Canyon, it's grand. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's about like 277 miles long. I think at its widest point, it's about like 18 miles across. And I mean, when they say Grand Canyon, it's not an understatement. Realistically, I mean, the canyon has an average depth of close to like a mile deep from the top of the canyon. I think the average depth is like 5,250 feet, which is just 30 feet or 32 feet shy of making it a mile. So it's huge. I mean, you don't expect it when you hear the Grand Canyon, but then you see it and you're just taken back like in awe. 
Well, I don't know. Kim, what did you say when you saw the Grand Canyon? I said, I thought the Grand Canyon would be a little bit more grand than this. <laughs> I don't know how you weren't impressed. <laughs> because it's, I, and I know why. From the top of the rim, it doesn't look that big. And so if you're actually going to go to the Grand Canyon, don't just stand at the rim and look at it. Hike into it. Because as we started hiking down through the Kaibab Trail, it began to open up and appear much more vast. But yeah, from the top, it doesn't seem that grand. So the South Kaibab Trail... Like we said earlier, this is the trail you have to do. So the hike does start on the rim and it descends all the way down onto the canyon floor. So the elevation loss on the way down is approximately 4,800 feet. Total round trip, it's 14 miles. So seven miles down, seven miles back. We started late, so we weren't able to complete the entire hike. But during this hike, it offers 360-degree panoramic views of the canyon. One thing that was really interesting about the hike, too, is you start off at top, and it's a really, really high elevation. I mean, we're talking about literally the canyon goes a mile deep from the top. So you're at a high elevation, and there's snow cover, and it's cold. But as you traverse into the canyon and actually get lower it starts to really heat up. So it's just really a large dynamic of uh, varying temperatures. I mean, you're bundled up at the top because there's snow and the further you get down, it starts to heat up and actually get really, really hot. One thing to keep in mind is that whatever goes down, it's gonna come back up. That and includes that yourself. Is you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, you can hike 4,000 feet down. Imagine hiking 4,000 feet back up. There is no water along this trail, so this hike is actually not recommended to do at all, all the way to completion in summer, which is why we attempted to do this hike in December, because we wanted to go all the way down. We wanted to do the entire trip. Unfortunately, we didn't make it all the way down to the canyon floor, but we did make it most of the way down. Yeah, we wanted to make it all the way down. It wasn't because we got too tired, but... We had so many things to do that on this road trip, and we were supposed to be leaving that night to drive to Page, Arizona for the next activity that we're going to be doing. So at some point, we basically said, okay, we're close enough. I mean, at the bottom is just kind of really the campground. We don't need to get there. Let's save ourselves maybe an hour, hour and a half and just start the hike back up. But like Kim was saying, you know, when you're in there, you can just really actually see how vast the canyon is when you're inside it versus just standing on top. So make sure you dress in layers because at the top it's very, very cold, but as you go down, it becomes much warmer. And also one thing just to note is depending on when you go, you might wanna bring crampons because the switchbacks do get a little icy and slippery. We didn't use them, but we did have them on us just in case it got a little dangerous. For anyone not familiar with switchbacks, Jamal, you want to give a little bit of detail about that? <laughs> switchbacks? Yeah. I, you know what? If I was not a hiker, I would have no idea what a switchback is. Well, I mean, so a switchback is just basically, just imagine a trail that just kind of zigzags back and forth, but in a really steep pattern because, you know, it's kind of, I don't want to say on a sheer cliff, but it helps you either 
ascend or ascend descend. or descend an elevation gain relatively quick and there is no normal passage sometimes they'll carve it out but basically it's just a lot of zigzag patterns of the trail to help you get up and down like really really fast i just know that it was a big day and it was a big hike so at the end when we finally got back to the switchbacks you're so excited because you're so close to being done but there's so many switchbacks that it just feels like oh my gosh when is this gonna end <laughs> yeah well not only that i mean when you're in the lower part of the canyon you get really hot and then you just start hiking back up obviously this part is where you actually like are hiking up so putting in more work but you're starting to get to the colder elevation so then i remember starting to get cold even though my body my body was heating up and i know we didn't make it to the bottom for the 14 mile round trip but i think we at least went five miles of the trail down and back so i think we did at least 10 miles and mm -hmm. that definitely worked up an appetite so i where did we stop so, like on our road trip back to or going to page for some reason we had been talking about chili on this trip like it had been a topic of conversation <laughs> over and over because it was cold and we thought chili would warm our soul <laughs> yeah so we stopped at wendy's because what what else are you going to find out in the middle of nowhere I was digging the Wendy's chili. After that hike, it was so satisfying. I had some really chicken nuggets chili. just as well. And we ended up eating it in the car, if I recall correctly. And let me tell you, after a 10 mile hike, you ha will not have better chili ever in your life after that type of a workout. <laughs> yes. Five stars. It was a two and a half hour drive from the Grand Canyon to Page, Arizona, which was our next destination. And we did not want to lose any more time because it was getting late. So when we grabbed dinner, we got in the car and we ate in the car and Jamal really wanted to have the chili as well. So I had to spoon feed him while he was driving. <laughs> Easy day. Saving Easy time. day. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I was on a straight road, I could have maybe eaten it myself, but these roads along the canyon, I mean, they're kind of like winding and whatnot, so I don't really want to take my hands off the road. Some of it has a little bit of ice, so yeah, to save time, Brittany was spoon-feeding me my chili along the way. <laughs> you know, the logical but, person would say, why don't we switch off drivers so Jamal can eat? I don't trust any of you ladies to drive. <laughs> I'm, to be completely I'm, I'm not saying you guys aren't a good driver. I just don't think any of you ladies are road trip driving do not trust that me makes behind sense. the wheel especially on windy roads i've heard stories from Brittany about that <laughs> yeah I've heard you're not I very good. Dr like <laughs> semi trucks will pass me <laughs> so bad. i hate windy roads so yeah we had a two two and a half hour drive from the grand canyon to page arizona and page is the biggest city closest to antelope canyon which was our next yeah. stop on our american southwest road trip now antelope canyon is actually on the navajo nation land and antelope canyon there's an upper canyon and lower canyon and you actually have to reserve tours to do either both or one or the other we chose to do the south canyon that day the lower the lower canyon. lower canyon excuse me i'm thinking south kaibab trail still so that's why i'm saying south but you know what we did before we went to antelope canyon yeah we had a bomb ass breakfast buffet oh Did we not? Yes. yeah i got ahead of myself yeah i, I was like myself. i know you can't pass this breakfast up there was no biscuits that were dynamite but uh <laughs> <laughs> this breakfast itself whoo what's what a thing to write home about Coming at you live from the breakfast buffet. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> we stayed at the Quality Inn Lake Powell and woo, their breakfast buffet. Now, honestly, not a very 
classy hotel, but it was pretty affordable. And the breakfast buffet came out of nowhere. (laughs) And while you're having your dynamite breakfast buffet, you're surrounded with a beautiful view of the natural desert landscape. It was a really nice view. It was. Beyond the view, what was your favorite thing about the buffet? I mean, a breakfast buffet sells me when they have a good waffle station. Yes. I don't know about you guys. They, and they have they, waffle they, stations at the Continental Breakfast. Well, they do, <laughs> but sometimes the waffle batter, the waffle makers, they're not up to par. Uh, it depends on the syrup, too. This one was high quality. I will say that. I know I got pretty crazy in the breakfast buffet because I dropped my driver's license and uh, one of the servers came and brought it to me while we were sitting at the table. Wild. <laughs> oh, yeah, so wild. The breakfast buffet. Huh? To me, a good breakfast buffet has good eggs. Yes. Not like those not powdered eggs. Ones not in powdered Mexico eggs. City. <laughs> and bacon and potatoes. Mm. Yeah. And this hotel had all of the above (laughs) (laughs) talking about costco pizza earlier and now talking about breakfast oh my goodness but yeah so we stayed at the the quality inn and lake powell awesome breakfast buffet but then we made our way to the canyon and again we did lower canyon now the reason why we did lower canyon is as mentioned there's upper and lower now upper most people do upper canyon for two reasons one it's actually less hiking. And what we mean by that is you enter in the canyon actually at your normal ground level and the can- and you walk kind of like into it and it's an easy path out. And also a lot of photographers like that just because of the way the actual light from the sun shines into the canyon. It makes for good photo taking. But the lower canyon that we did and as we've talked before, Brittany can never turn down uh, a good hike. A good hike. So the lower canyon, you actually have to traverse stairs down into the canyon from ground level, and it's really hard to find in certain places your footing to traverse your way through. It gets a lot more narrow, so it is a little bit more challenging. So you got to be more agile and comfortable with your physical abilities to do lower canyon and Brittany could never turn down a a good hike so that's why we did lower canyon well I I do want to say that it wasn't really a hike we wanted to look really cute so we (laughs) did look really cute the girls at least (laughs) look really cute Jamal you looked good too I had my flannel and my uh, my Timberlands I I look good (laughs) (laughs) you're going to be taking a lot of pictures in there so plan your outfit accordingly yeah because you do traverse down the stairs but it's not difficult so just wear good shoes cute good shoes and a good outfit and you'll be okay and do not take pictures when you're traversing down the stairs that is a no-no you might lose your footing and all of that good stuff yeah your guide will tell you all about that and that's like i said before you have to make reservations for your tour and when we made reservations we got like really really lucky yes so as a planner of the group I planned this trip in advance and we went in December, so it was low season, which was a huge benefit to us because we were the only people on our tour. So it was literally the four of us, the travel squad, with our personal guide slash photographer. It was amazing. (laughs) We got really lucky. (laughs) Super lucky. (laughs) Because usually if you go in the high season, there'll be lines you have to wait for hours and then you're just stuffed like in a line of people. In the baking sun. In the sun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is part of the reason why it's so important not to take pictures on the ladder because these canyons are actually made because of the rain and the rainstorms and the windstorms. 
and this area of Arizona is prone to flash flooding. So if you're stuck on the ladder taking photos being dumb, it's a life or death situation if flash flood were to hit. And you guys have been in a flash flood in Arizona before, Utah. right? In Utah. Yeah, we have And those things come out of nowhere. They come they out do. of nowhere. So Antelope Canyon, it is a slot canyon. The reason why it's formed is because of the rushing water going through the rocks. The storm does not even have to be in that area. The storm can be several miles away and and you just don't see them coming. People actually have died in Antelope Canyon. And so they removed the wooden ladders that were unsecured and put in staircases that are bolted to the ground for safety reasons because... I think it was in 1997, 11 people died due to a flash flood. I had no idea that you guys got in a flash flood in, what was it, Utah? Yeah. yeah we were in Zion National Park. It Tell was, a story. Well, I mean, just real quick, it was a hot day. I mean, it was like 100 plus. We were doing a hike. Ho- it was weekend. my birthday weekend, 100 plus degree weather. We were doing a hike. And I remember telling Brittany, I was like, my God, it's freaking hot. Like, I'm going to leave the sunroof open to the car and everything like that. We got done with our hike and the blistering heat. Then all of a sudden cloud cover came over and it started thunderstorming like heavy, heavy rain. And we were soaked. And by the time we got to our car with the sunroof open, like the inside of our car was just completely soaked. And anyone who was doing the Narrows Trail, which is a trail in Zion, probably had like flash flooding come through and just rush through the river down there. That's crazy. And let me guess, freak out. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. It was so long ago, Kim. Sounds like a perfect storm I don't don't really remember. (laughs) No pun intended. I think my favorite part about that trip in particular was we also had to take a shuttle back to our car. And because it was so hot, it was over 100 degrees, they had all of the shuttle tops open. And then it started to rain and thunderstorm, but all of the tops remained open because they're ones that you have to manually open and close. So even though we're in the shuttle, it's raining on top of us <laughs> while we're in there. No one got up to like close it or anything? I mean, it's it, like a big bus. It's a you big can't bus. reach the top. So oh. the driver didn't go close because it started on us like while we were kind of, you know, in there and it started anyway. So did you guys get was having, Yeah, yeah Jamal we was so- having a freak out in the shuttle bus. <laughs> was it full? Uh, no, no it, wasn't. it wasn't that full. And I no, I started having, okay, I had no, a freak yeah. out. <laughs> okay. He but, had a freak out also because he knew that that top was open and he knew that he left the sunroof of our car open. So he knew how wet our car was going to be once we got back to it. But well, not, was it your rental car? Or no, no, it, it, it was actually our actual car. But on top of that, I think I was just so annoyed with the rain and getting soaked that we missed our actual stop that we needed to get on where our car was at in the parking lot. So extra time for the rain (laughs) to like come in and then extra time, you know, like I was like, fuck man. All right. So we had to go two more stops before we, I missed that stop. So we had to go two extra stops. (laughs) We had to go two extra stops before we turned back around. But anyway, circling back to Antelope Canyon, like Brittany was saying, that flash flood that came through the lower Canyon that killed the 11 people in 97 is the main reason now why you have to have the guided tours for Antelope Canyon. So when your tour guide is telling you stuff, listen to your tour guide. They know what they're doing and they're there to keep you safe. Absolutely. Yeah. So Antelope Canyon is this beautiful oranges and yellows and purples and the colors are gorgeous. Reds. Reds. And they're they're wavy and they're tall and you look like a little speck in the middle of them. 
So you want to capture photos of these in the best way possible. And just snapping a photo on your phone doesn't do it justice. I mean, you're going to get a picture. It's going to be beautiful, but there's a better way to do it. And thanks to our amazing tour guide, we know a few tips. This is actually where we learn how to take panoramic photos vertically instead of horizontally. <laughs> I mean, I have no clue you could do that. I mean, <laughs> it, it honestly makes so much sense now that you think about it. <laughs> but in general, like, I would have never thought, let me take a panel vertically. You simply yeah. turn your phone and move it up. <laughs> and there you go. You can get the whole 20, 30 feet up. Yeah, you can get from the bottom of the slot canyon all the way up to where the sun enters the canyon. Yeah, so when Brittany says slot canyons, you know, they're formed by the water rushing from flash floods and other things. But one characteristic to kind of think of when you think of a slot canyon is they're really narrow but deep. So since they're deep, you need that pano to kind of yeah. like shoot up. But one of the things, too, in terms of photography that we're talking about Honestly, ask your tour guide. They know what filters based on. Do you have an Android? Do you have an Apple? Is the best filter to kind of take the photos in to actually capture the colors of the rock? Because if you just take it in your normal setting, it's going to come out looking nice. But let's not kid ourselves. We all know how a filter can make something pop. And when you take it kind of with that setting, I mean, the photos came through so clutch. Hashtag no filter. (laughs) If you don't know what Antelope Canyon is, I promise you, you've seen pictures. So if you look it up and see the pictures, you'll say, oh, that's what Antelope Canyon is. Pretty sure that's how we discovered it was just seeing it on Instagram and being like, we have to go here immediately. Yeah, And that's pretty much how our trip came about. Yeah. And really close to Antelope Canyon is actually a lookout point called Horseshoe Bend. Yeah, Horseshoe Bend is... I would hate to equate it to anything like the Grand Canyon, but it kind of gives you the same feel, but on a smaller scale. So realistically, Horseshoe Bend is a lookout that you can see of the Colorado River carving through the desert landscape. And hence the name Horseshoe is shaped like a horseshoe. So it's kind of a little U-shaped bend and it gives you a really, really good lookout point down and the river is a thousand feet below from the cliff top so it's a really popular photo spot these days obviously becoming instagram popular there is a little half mile hike from the parking lot to it but it's a really good scenic lookout yeah i would call it a stroll not a hike thank you for clarifying yeah when we say easy we really mean easy for this one it's another place where you can look really cute for your photos always look cute We got some really, really cute shots where we're sitting on the edge of the cliff looking down. It looks like our feet are dangling down over the lookout. Just be careful because it was shortly after we were there that someone was doing that same thing and fell and perished. No, just be very careful when you are taking photos. If you're taking selfies, just watch watch your step. Make sure you're not too close to the edge. And also just remember that cliff edges do have the tendency to break off so don't get too close and that's about it you'll be there for 30 minutes max and then you can move on to the next stop like we did which was mesquite nevada so mesquite's a city on the edge of the nevada arizona border So with any city, when you're getting into Nevada, there's always going to be a few pop-up casinos at the border just because it's Nevada. So we use this spot as a resting point after Antelope Canyon and Horseshoe Bend that day to spend the night before our next stop. But 
We had a blast in Mesquite, did we not, ladies? No, we did. We did. The best. <laughs> Tell us about it. You know, it was the middle of nowhere, and as the trip planner, of course, <laughs> I had booked this hotel in advance, and it was super cheap. It was like one of the cheapest hotels we've stayed in. It was like in. 30 bucks a night, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it was, it was brand new. Cheap, and I, I literally thought there's got to be something wrong with this place because the prices were so cheap, but... No, it was really nice. It was brand new, but it was in the middle of nowhere. And when we say $30 at night, imagine splitting that four ways. <laughs> For me and Brittany, that was seven fifty a person. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta love it. <laughs> Rising Star Sports Ranch Resort was the name of it. What was your favorite thing about that hotel, Kim? Oh my God. This hotel had the softest blankets. <laughs> I like, I literally wanted to pack it in my suitcase and take it home. What was your favorite thing about it, Zaina? Bingo. Bingo. Well, oh we didn't my do, goodness. We didn't do bingo there though. We didn't do bingo there. We went to a different casino along there, but bingo nonetheless. Oh, okay. Well, my favorite thing about Mesquite then, not the casino, but Mesquite was the bingo. Wasn't that our first time all playing bingo together? Kim suggested it. I had no idea what she was talking about, but I was like, <laughs> fuck it, let's do it. So we got blotters and uh, we gambled, we got some drinks and we played bingo. And this was after a three course meal, right? We had gotten there, we had a three course meal with mm-hmm. wine and steak. Oh, yeah. It was really good. And you got our booze on a little bit. Yeah, we did. Cheap prices Gamble, got well. some free drinks. Say hey, Nevada. Yeah. But back to the bingo, though. I'm a big bingo player. Me and my family like to meet up in Temecula and go play bingo. And so when I saw that Mesquite had bingo, I'm like, come on, guys, we have to do it. I'll teach you how to play it. It's really fun. We all bought blotters. We were getting serious about it. Mm -hmm. And they told us that it goes fast. And we're like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I didn't think anything much of it when they said fast. I'm like, okay, I mean, they're going to be calling some numbers, like whatever. But, you know, when you're playing bingo, you have like 10 cards in front of you. So, I mean, they call a number and you really got to look at all the cards. Yeah, that's the thing about bingo is you're not just playing one game like we used to in school. You're playing probably, yeah, like 10, maybe even more cards at once. So if they call B6, you got to block B6 on every single card you're playing at the same time. And if you've had drinks before, too... It's even faster. No, no, yeah. I mean, you don't need to tell me. I mean, I think you had a freak out uh, while we were playing bingo, you, Jamal. You know Brittany, what? they're calling the numbers too fast. It's too fast, Brittany. They're calling the numbers too fast. You know what? We got there. They told us they called the numbers fast. They said, you know, you have the option to play on the computer where you don't have to do anything except just kind of sit there and it's going to check mark the numbers for you, call bingo for you. And we're like, where's the fun in that? So we're like, no, no, no. We could keep up. And we had bought the blotters. We were invested. And then they started calling the numbers. And let me tell you like, something. B6, after 16, a, after a and few, 32. Yeah. After a few <laughs> drinks and you're a little intoxicated, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I was wasted, but definitely intoxicated for that night. My God, were they going fast. And apparently the lady said I had to freak out. I don't know about that. I mean, I maybe Pretty sure you like threw your blotter down and stopped blotting. Brittany had to blot for you. <laughs> Everyone was winning who were playing on the computers. So, I mean, I was a little (laughs) defeated. I was a little drunk. And you know what? Because it was in Mesquite, the cost to play wasn't that much. And I figured it was just a few dollars for fun. I was just trying to keep up on my own card. And while I'm trying to do that, Jamal's like, oh my God, Brittany, I can't keep up. I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. So I'm trying to blot for both of us. And then he throws down his blotter. And so I'm blotting for both of us, trying to keep up. And he's like having a meltdown. (laughs) 
That's why on I love you. <laughs> but hey, didn't you win? No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely did win. Everyone who won was playing the fucking computers, man. <laughs> but you didn't let it defeat you, and we played bingo again on another trip. So we that we the did. important part. That we did, and I, I learned my lesson. I think they went even faster on just so, Well, they did go time. faster, but I played less cards, but I didn't learn my lesson to use the computer. But nonetheless, don't go into bingo with a lot of drinks, and don't play a lot of cards if you're a novice. <laughs> <laughs> So Mesquite was just really a stop for where we could sleep before moving on on our road trip. The next stop was Valley of the Fire State Park in Nevada. So it's located about 50 miles north of Las Vegas, and it's the oldest state park in Nevada. Right, Jamal? Yeah, it's the oldest state park in Nevada, and the name Valley of Fire actually comes from the red sandstone formations that the park is famous for. And basically, you can kind of see sandstone formations in layers and they're kind of wavy and under the right light when the light waves hit it it kind of gives the optical illusion that the the cliffs themselves are on fire hence the name valley of fire state park so really really cool geological formations to see when you're there when we arrived we actually are again it was december and the entrance to the park was unstaffed so we had to pay the $10 day use fee and put it in an envelope at the entrance station. And that was the only, I mean, we didn't have any human contact, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So, I mean, have cash. I mean, you could be one of those people who sees it's unmanned and not pay to go in, but don't be one of those people. No, Karma will get you. Yeah. 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 The state parks are for everyone to enjoy and the fees are used to, to take care of the parks, especially since funding is being cut. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's <laughs> another time. That's another subject. But put your $10 in the envelope. Please don't be someone who uh, cheaps out. There's other places you Support can be cheap Support and fun at. nature preservation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we were so excited when we got into the park and there was that Polaroid cutout where you could take a picture from and it said greetings from oh, Valley of Fire so State Park. So we all got in the Polaroid cutout, started waving, <laughs> taking pictures. Super got cute. I mean... I remember taking our photos there and I didn't have sunglasses and (laughs) I didn't have sunglasses and the way that that sign was positioned was staring like right into the sun so I couldn't get a good photo so I think it was your sunglasses wasn't it Zaina that I had to borrow just so I didn't look like oh I can't even see and be all squinty and looking weird Uh, who's the unprepared one now but Jamal always has we have issues with sunglasses sunglasses. we've (laughs) talked about this before (laughs) but the Kauai episode uh, where you lost it in the water yeah (laughs) But so you let me borrow your sunglasses, Zaina. Yet they're feminine sunglasses and they had a shade of pink to them. So if you look really closely on my photos, you can see me wearing pink sunglasses. And I remember Jamal said, I don't want to wear your sunglasses. They're girl sunglasses and they're pink. And I said, oh my goodness, they're barely pink. No one will notice. And our girlfriend, Nicole in Mexico City, when Jamal posted the picture, she says, oh my goodness, I love Jamal's pink sunglasses. They were noticeable. (laughs) But what hikes did we do that day? We hiked the fire wave, which... I mean, if you're going to the Valley of Fire State Park, you might as well see the fire wave located in the park. Do it. It's about one and a half miles round trip, so easy. And there's not a lot of elevation gain. It's pretty flat. It was just beautiful. You could just see the striations of the rock, the white, the orange, the red, and just the shimmering of the sun. 
Yeah, we were able to get really good photos too because I mean this the rock was kind of like the same color that we saw in Antelope Canyon and after our tour guide told us like these are kind of like the good filters and ways to That's take right. the photos like those photos come out came out like really really popping. So mm-hmm. I, I mean I love them a lot. So fun fact, our album cover for our podcast was actually inspired by the colors we saw in Valley of Fire State Park. Yeah, our background was actually the photo of the striations in the the rock at Valley of Fire. But as we tweaked it a little bit more, we have a different background, but we kind of kept that same color hue. So that's where the inspiration for that came from. But beyond just the actual rock formations and the wavy striations, one really unique thing about Valley of Fire is that there are actual petroglyphs that are carved into the rocks and for anyone who's listening who doesn't know petroglyphs are the ancient carvings into rock that show ancient cavemen like hunting and you know things like that it's basically pictures before apparently there was writing animals symbols right that was super cool Yeah, yeah so there is a petroglyph canyon trail it's only about three quarters of a mile round trip and it's filled with these ancient petroglyphs the petroglyphs are said to be created by the Anasazi people who were part of an ancient Native American culture that inhabited the southwest region of the United States but it's just so interesting you know you think my god like people lived in this desert desert landscape it's just like how did they do it like i can't even stand to be in it during this you know (laughs) like but they lived in it and made it work it's crazy yeah the petroglyphs you'll either see them really easily or you have to be on an alert to really look to see where they're at and fun fact about the valley of fire state park is all my bachelor nation fans out there bachelor bachelorette heck yeah this is where The iconic fight between Jordan and David happened where there was a big freak out and David was left alone and Beck and Jordan ran off into the distance. So yeah, go back and watch that episode and check it out. This is Becca's season when she was the Bachelor. We're bringing this up because all of us are Bachelor Bachelorette fans. Yeah, so Valley of Fire was a really, really cool state park. And I recommend going in the winter because, I mean, it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's a desert. So in the winter, it was sunny. I can't imagine going to it middle of summer. It was pretty warm still in December. Mm -hmm. I mean, if any of you guys have been to Las Vegas during the summer, I mean, why would you even want to be out hiking somewhere in like summer 100 plus degree heat? (laughs) You know, so definitely if you're going to do it, do it in the fall or winter seasons. And there was almost no one there. So when we were taking pictures on the fire wave, we got photos with no one else in the background. We were on the trails mostly alone. It was really nice to have the place to ourselves. So Valley of Fire was the last thing on our American Southwest road trip. So we hit off the Grand Canyon, Antelope Canyon, Horseshoe Bend, Valley of Fire. And so we did a giant loop and the quickest way home for us was just taking Interstate 15 back down to San Diego. And from Valley of Fire, what's on Interstate 15 is Las Vegas. Las Vegas. So what did you want to do when we went to Las Vegas, Kim? Hit up Hakazan. Hit up Hakazan. <laughs> or a rooftop bar. I know. Inside joke, Brittany and I always go to Hakazan when we're there. So Kim always likes to say, we're going to Hakazan. Do you guys really? No. What, <laughs> what, There's what, a backstory to that. Yeah. One. Well, you tell the backstory, Kim. No, you, you're a great story. All right. Well, so one time it. we were in Vegas. It was just me, Brittany, and Kim. And 
you know, Kim, she wanted to go out that night, even though we had an early morning to go hiking and drive to Zion National Park the next day. And so she's like, let's go to like Hakkasan. And they were like, I was like, I can get us on the guest list for free. Let's just go. Yeah. And I mean, we had gotten there late because we drove on like a Friday after work. And I love how Kim suggests this when she is the one that's always asleep in the back seat. (laughs) Yeah. And I always have to drive. So we got there late and she suggested like Hakkasan. So now every time like we... Well, the, the story is I did go out. You guys stayed in and I went out. And but you didn't go to Hakkasan. I didn't go to Hakkasan, but then I came back and I was like, what did you guys do last night? And you said, we went to Hakkasan. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, you left and we went to Hakkasan. <laughs> so now it's always our thing. Like when we're in Vegas, we went to Hakkasan. Oh, well, Kim, if I were with you guys for that, I would have gone to Hakkasan with you. <laughs> yeah. no. Again, you would be asleep in the back seat. The next day but i would have gone to hakkasan with her in the backseat that next day yeah so anyway like after valley of fire one thing we were going to be driving through vegas and we were like we need to eat some food but before we left valley of fire all of us were changing out of the trunk of our car because we're like we're going to vegas we're covered in (laughs) dust hiking gear we don't want to look like schleps going into like las vegas so i remember all of us just like changing out of the trunk of the car and whatnot before we went but what did you you want to do in Vegas? Can I say? wanted to try Shake Shack because we'd never had it. And this was before it, it, it's not even, it wasn't even on the West coast at that point. And so like, come on guys, we love in and out big California in and out people. And so we wanted to check it out. And what'd you think? Mm, I gotta say in and out still better, but I did like it. The burger was good. The fries had much to be desired. Nonetheless. I mean, we stopped in <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> I mean, you live and you learn, right? I the mean, shake was good. Yeah, I mean, I don't regret stopping there. Now I could say I've been to Shake Shack when everyone talks about should've like how great Shake Shack is. Yeah, we should have gone to Hakkasan, <laughs> isn't that right? You know, after having the breakfast buffet in Page, Arizona, I don't know what else we ate for the rest of the trip. It just couldn't even compare. Mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best thing we ate in that whole trip. We really. I don't know. I mean, I, oh, I no, love no. my Wendy's chili. The three course dinner. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, the three-course dinner in Mesquite. That's right. That's right. Kim ordered wrong, but Jamal sent it back. Let's put it this way. We had a lot of good food on that trip, but Shake Shack left a lot to be desired. Not ragging on Shake Shack, but just we're California natives and partial to in and out Let's put it that way. And Valley of Fire was on our third real day driving back to San Diego. And this is the one day that we did take off of work. So most of it was completed on the weekend, but Valley of Fire was completed on a Monday. And we did take this day off of work to do this road trip. All right. And that about sums up our trip. We're going to close it out. If you guys have any questions about this specific road trip or about any of the places we went, hit us up on Instagram or DM us, email us, and we will get back to you since we didn't have any questions in this episode. But thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed hearing about it. We had so much fun taking you on the trip. And we can't wait to talk to you again soon. Please subscribe, as always, guys, to the podcast and leave a review. And tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. And if you aren't already following us on Instagram and Twitter, make sure you do so at Travel Squad Podcast. Unpack your bags and relax because next week we aren't going to be taking you on a destination. We're giving you an easy day. Don't trust Brittany. No easy days. Now that we are several episodes into the podcast and you've gotten to know us a little bit, we want to share with you how we all met and how we started traveling. So stay tuned. Bye. 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 Bye.